0: This is BAMSI's Humanity First podcast. I am Chris Ryan with Peter Evers. Appreciate you joining us for the podcast, which takes a look at what's happening inside the organization and how our work affects uh, the surrounding communities. Uh, and we are so excited to be with you here once again today. I am Chris Ryan with Peter Evers. Peter, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Chris. How are you doing? Good. Appreciate you joining us for the show. And across the region and Commonwealth, the COVID-19 vaccine from Pfizer has arrived this week. And uh, with that, there's going to be uh, some distribution of that taking place. And a lot of uh, individuals uh, in and around the organization will be receiving that vaccine as uh, individuals who are at risk and also those who work with them. And we're going to talk today about the vaccine, which is here and is much needed. It's really an historic moment. And that's one of the things that I think is perhaps lost on people is that, uh, you know, 50, 100 years down the road, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic is going to be something that is taught in history books. And uh, this is something that is taking place this week that is a huge, huge moment uh, in addressing COVID. And we all have that fatigue because and it seems like COVID oh, COVID's just a part of our daily lives at this point in time. But, you know, when we are and we will be out of this. A day like uh, this past Monday when the vaccine first came to Massachusetts is going to be a date that's looked upon with um, a lot of interest.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there'll be lots of reasons why we'll look back on this period of time, right, Chris? And, and I, you know, there, there, of course, are these analogs uh, 100 years ago for the for the flu uh, in America and the lives that it took. And if you think about it, that was before antibiotics. And so remarkable that, um, that in 100 years things are so different, yet things have been quite the same just in the way that the pandemic has really gripped the world and I think it's a big learning experience to see how different governments and different political regimens uh, made decisions about how to manage it so I I totally agree I mean it's been fascinating and uh, I read this morning in the paper that actually this is the largest vaccination of people ever uh, by a country mile, I mean, it just really is an amazing logistical um, feat that is going to happen over the next few months and um, you know folks that work at Bamsey should be very interested in that because of the way in which the prioritization of the of the vaccine uh, has happened. We're going to talk about that a little bit this morning.
0: Indeed, and we'll start with some facts about the uh, the vaccination. This is the Pfizer vaccine, according to Health and, Human, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar, who was on Face the Nation this past weekend. He says that 20 million vaccinations will take place by the end of December, 50 million by the end of January, and 100 million by the end of February with the initial shot. So there's two shots, and they have to be... Uh, taken three weeks apart, 100 million, and there's 330 million roughly Americans in this country, 100 million will be immunized by the end of the first quarter of 2021. So that's by April the 1st. Again, you'll get the initial shot, and then you'll have to get a second shot three weeks later and the individuals that will be receiving uh, the vaccination first are healthcare and long-term care residents. And then after that will be uh, individuals in the second phase who um, are at risk. And then the third phase will be the general public. And, you know, there's this positive news, which also comes up against some really difficult news, where we had the deadliest day of COVID-19 in this country on Friday with 3,309 individuals dying, and the CDC expects that the peak in terms of deaths is not until the middle of next month. A month from now is when we'll see the the peak. So that's going to continue to get worse, even as we have this positive news in regards to the vaccination.
1: And welcome uh, this morning to Barbara Gordon, who is uh, a, a person over the last uh, 10 months or so that I have known, her, um, done some remarkable things here at Bamsey Um, And Barbara, you have done that before I came as well. But I just wanted to recognize you on the podcast as somebody who has really put uh, the health concerns of BAMSI on your back and brought us through this uh, pandemic and made sure that we've all been safe. And your advice and counsel to me uh, over the past few months has been absolutely vital uh, as the VP uh, of Nursing Services here at BAMSI. So welcome and good morning. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're, well, you're welcome. So we um, are talking about the vaccination today. We're talking about the pandemic and we're talking about the vaccination and this sort of pivot point in some ways in public health in this country. Um, we were just talking about this being the largest vaccination ever, and Chris was going over some of the um, of the facts uh, as we get this vaccination. And of course, as the expert, it's great to have you on today to talk a little bit about that uh, and maybe we could talk about it in general terms and uh, because i'd like to talk a little bit about some of the um, some of the talk that is going on in our communities in our country about people 's willingness to take the vaccination and what our advice might be about that uh, but also about where our frontline staff our direct service workers p- folks who are in the programs every day um, sort of stand in the in the order of which they'll get these vaccinations and how those decisions have been made. Uh, and when you think about 100 plus million people getting this vaccination over the next six months or so, it is an undertaking which has never, ever been attempted before. So this is going to be an interesting time. Uh, and Barbara, maybe we could just start uh, a little bit about talking about this whole idea of uh, concerns that people have about the vaccination. Yeah, where do you stand as a medical professional on that?
2: Well, for me, um, I am definitely going to be, you know, uh, taking the vaccine and encouraging our staff, my family, everyone I know to to take the vaccine. Um, the vaccine has been deemed to be safe. I think uh, you spoke earlier that it has been through um, a clinical trial, it has been rigorously tested um, there uh, it has been shown to have minimal side effects um, and that and with the con- with the start of the rollout, which is beginning today, pretty amazing a gift from science mm-hmm. and a gift from just hundreds of people that have put this all together and to and see the uh, distribution process is is really it's it's such an ambitious endeavor for sure and it's going as planned but I'm sure there's going to be some hiccups uh, along the way Um, but and it will continue to be analyzed and studied as more and more people take the vaccine and I think right now um, in terms of healthcare workers getting the vaccine I know it's going to be heading to hospitals um, and those workers will be vaccinated BAMC is within the first phase of getting the vaccine, but we're down a, um, a few steps below the healthcare workers and hospitals. I anticipate that we will probably sometime in January or February um, start um, administering vaccines to our employees and to our person served as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, t- just one thing that might be worth talking about for a minute. And um, I was talking to somebody the other day who actually was um, an older person who said, well, I'm not taking this vaccination. You know, it's, it's not for me. It uh, hasn't been tested. You know, they called it Operation Warp Speed. That was a stupid <laughs> thing to do because, because it seems to say that they rushed through it. But I also read a piece, Barbara, that said, you know, in many ways, our governments around the world took the risk out of of the testing for uh, drug companies, didn't they? Because ordinarily, when something comes to market, there's an awful lot of money spent up front by your Pfizer's, Moderna's, your AstraZeneca's that, is, um, that oftentimes is a risk. And in, in some ways, the government sort of reduced that time by saying, look, we will... Uh, Cover will underwrite your risk as 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 you go full steam ahead to put all your resources into development of a vaccine. So that's point number one. And then point number two: this isn't a brand new vaccine, is it? It's it's a it's a vaccine that's derived from another successful vaccine.
2: Yeah, you know, I I mean, there's the the there's a lot that goes into producing a vaccine, and they have used some new technology to produce this vaccine. but I would say that hundreds of thousands of you know trailblazing volunteers you know participated in this vaccine um, development by um, you know getting the the vaccine and, and being willing participants. Um, but yeah, I mean we've had um, other vaccines, and the same technology has been used to develop you know this vaccine as other vaccines.
0: That's Barbara Gordon joining us here on the podcast, and there's you know a lot of concern still uh, particularly i was reading amongst uh minority communities about um the vaccine and you know whether or not it is something that is in fact uh safer is being pushed upon them by the the government for uh, some uh some nefarious type of of reasoning um you know to me, uh, I think that, um, you know, one of the most important things that will take place is the anecdotal evidence of individuals receiving the, the vaccine and the, the positive results from that. As we've seen through the process, a 95% effectiveness uh, for the Pfizer vaccine and also um, minimal side effects. Um, and most of those, you know, just based upon the normal type of side effects that an individual has because of, um, You know, a a pre-existing condition or however their body may respond to it. But I'm I'm curious in in your view, um, how do you and other individuals here at Bamsi go about dispelling some of the the concerns? As Peter mentioned, the person said, "I'm not I'm not going to get the vaccine." Um, there's a lot of individuals that don't want to be amongst the first people to to get the the vaccine. Um, the information has obviously been flowing, and that information has been overwhelmingly positive. Peter mentioned the risk uh, involved in terms of capital for um a entity like pfizer but their brand is on the line like they are the first vaccine that is out there and if there is something that goes wrong with it or it is ineffective um they're going to be damaged from a uh fiscal health perspective for a very long time and and because they are the the brand that is out front but still um there is a lot of um folks that are concerned about the vaccine how do we go about dispelling that concern
2: well, I think um, I agree that there are some myths um, out there, and I think we start by kind of learning what what the issues are and working with staff and educating you know the public and especially our staff around some of those issues. I mean, I think one of the issues is there's a lot of distrust with the medical community, mm-hmm. um, and to your point, Operation Warp Speed <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, doesn't, Still, you know, it doesn't give people a lot of confidence. Um, I think it's it's starting the conversation and seeing that the vaccine has just uh, just really um, been approved by the FDA on Friday. We're just learning some of the information about the safety of the vaccine and its efficacy. And to your point, it's it's ninety five percent effective. Um, we're still a long ways. I mean, the, the vaccine is a, a tool to uh, stop this pandemic and to get on <laughs> to a more normal uh, a life, which is what we all want. Um, but it's, it's gonna take education. Um, at BAMSI, I actually just, we are just starting to have the conversation. So we have a uh, publication called The BAMSI Buzz. And so I have put, uh, just wrote an article today um, about, the vaccine and uh, given kind of preparing our staff for the vaccine and giving them uh, tools that they can go in, um, you know, the Massachusetts DPH and the CDC and, and start educating and learning themselves. I think there's opportunities, too, to speak with physicians, but if you're not of the mindset that you trust the medical community, there's, you know, spiritual leadership out there. And um, there are, I'm sure, going to be uh, other groups of people very knowledgeable um, in, about the vaccine. And, and we're going to be, I think, having a bigger dialogue as this moves along. So I think it's, it's going to take time. Um, but at the end result is that this is one of those tools um, that we have to stop this pandemic. And so I'm hoping that people do see this as as a gift from science, as an opportunity to, to learn and um, be educated and uh, to be a part of the solution, you know, to this pandemic.
0: This next question is for both you and Peter. Um, are there going to be listening sessions and things of, of that nature where there could be a dialogue about it like you're describing, A, and B, from the CEO perspective, Peter, how do you manage the need to have the staff vaccinated with individuals who may be concerned about it or have a uh, religious rationale um, or other reasons for not wanting to be vaccinated, will you have to require it? So first on the listening sessions, why don't you do that part, uh, Barbara, and then Peter on uh, what requirements uh, will exist.
2: Yes, yeah, so we are gonna have a listen and learn session coming up probably in January. I am gonna have a pharmacist there who um, will answer questions that people may have um, around the, the vaccine? Um, so, yeah, um, I mean, the end goal is to make sure that everyone makes um, an informed decision and has all the information at their fingertips. Yeah, so that's I, coming down the pipe shortly.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, Barbara. I think, I, I think, Chris, the the major weapon that we have here is communication and education you know we can do as much as we want and we can and we will in terms of engaging people in a conversation about the vaccine so people can actually voice their opinions I'd much rather have somebody voicing a negative opinion than merely not joining the conversation and then deciding not to um, uh, take the vaccination and I'm reminded Having worked in two or three hospitals in my life that, you know, a flu vax vaccine in a hospital is compulsory. You have to have it. It's, it's a mandate. And the funny thing is, Barbara, and this will make you smile, that the if you didn't have the vaccine at the hospital, you had to wear a mask. <laughs> and uh, I think we've moved through that <laughs> by now. But I think, you know, we're not th- – this isn't about us telling folks that they have to have uh, a vaccine put into their body it 's about us t- uh, helping people understand the efficacy and the benefits of doing this not only for themselves and their families but f- for the people that we serve and really, as far as i 'm concerned and barbara i 'm sure you 'd agree with me it is about communicating and educating and there, and, and you know the, f- the, the fact is that we have solid facts and information about efficacy and effectiveness they are absolute facts. Those folks that argue against it, those those facts are, w- are way more cloudy than the than the pro vaccine. Um, if you ask me,
0: in in terms of um, you know making sure that there's that information, I think that a crucial piece, as always, will be you know individuals that um, have gone through the experience. And, um, you know, there's going to be, I'm sure, and you mentioned um, that the vaccine would be available uh, to individuals at BAMSI probably in the January to early February time frame. And there'll be many that are ver- that want to get it on the first day that it is available. And those individuals will recount their experience and will talk about, um, you know, how, what it was like, et cetera. And I think that that's going to be um, one of the biggest uh, things that will – you know dispel um, any concerns what are both of your thoughts about how big of a group it is that is concerned about the the vaccine is it somewhere between you know 25 or 30% is it greater than that um, and you know i think that individuals as many do will have some trepidation in regards to it but will weigh the the positives and and negatives uh, of a a vaccine and you know in your view what are the the positives and and negatives we'll start with barbara well
2: um yeah i do think i mean i think i've seen some statistics that show just about probably about 40 percent of the population has some concerns about the vaccine and and may or may not take it i think it's just under 40 percent um so i i agree that um as people start to take it, they are going to talk about it. And I think that, um, I think as long as we have people prepared, there are going to be some side effects. There's, you know, we don't want to lie to people and say, hey, take the vaccine and you're going to be all set. There's going to be some side effects that some people, you know, may have to go through and, and, it doesn't mean it's not a, it's not a bad thing it means that the body's immune system is working and and you're developing the antibodies
0: that fight you know to fight covid yeah let's um, just stop one second there on that Barbara where um, I think it's important that people understand that there is going to be as there's the flu shot um, reaction when you are developing um, those immunities and from what I read um, fever may be one of those things and so how in your view is it going to affect different different people is there going to be different levels of, of severity are there going to be different differing levels of um, you know of side effects what is your understanding about the the side effects
2: yeah my understanding and again you know I haven't read a, a ton of information but I have read that some people do suffer from some side effects they um, for maybe a day I'd heard and I heard it was closer to More or more likely with the second dose after getting the second dose of the vaccine, Um, but I did hear that taking some Tylenol and resting um, really takes care of of those side effects. And I also heard that as the vaccine does get um, administered, that they're looking at kind of um, making. They're they're concerned that people are going to have to be out because you feel sick. You have a fever and you are You may have to be out of work for a, a 24 hours, so kind of doing a, a tiered uh, distribution to, to employees. Um, I understand the side effects to be minimal, but they're there, and I think just people need to be aware of that and, and know how to, you know, take care of themselves. Um, I also know that they're still looking at whether, you know, how to vaccinate children Children are not in the first wave right. of the vaccination because they have not uh, had an opportunity to study uh, uh, the vaccine with children, and they anticipate that as more adults get the vaccine, they'll have a better understanding by the time we get to the last phase, which will be children. I understand pregnant people um, probably should hold off on getting the vaccine, and I think from what they've learned from giving the vaccination in the UK. Uh, Repeaters, sometimes. Yep. <laughs> um, people with serious, uh, allergic reactions may need to be mindful. So those will be, you know, we'll have to have conversations with uh, physicians around uh, people who may have serious uh, allergic reactions. And I'm not, uh, and I, I'm guessing there's serious allergic reactions to components of, of the vaccine. Yeah, which. So still, we still have homework to do, but I, we're on our way. And I think because of the clinical trials that have been done, I mean, rigorous testing, I know it seems like a short amount of time, but they did not, from what I understand and, and from what we've read, no corners, you know, were cut.
1: <coughs> That's so,
2: right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I you know, <clears throat> I think you're absolutely right. I think we have to tell people what to expect. And I would also say, um, having had vaccinations along the way, um, it is not that unusual for people to get mild side effects, um, even from the flu vaccine, um, and certainly the shingles and the, the pneumonia vaccine, which are, which are current ones. Um, so it isn't unusual that people will, will, um, will experience that. And once they know that in the context of this process, I think it just becomes a little bit easier for people to deal with.
0: Whenever there is unknown, um, that's where the mind can start playing a lot of tricks on you. And, you know, in talking with people about the vaccine, that's kind of where people are are at. They're like, well, you know, it went, it came through quick, and yes, it's effective. But what are the effects that we don't know about it? Like, what's the what is the unknown in regards to, you know, the vaccine? Um, and you know, there's obviously been a lot of individuals who you'd categorize as anti-vaxxers who. Um, you know have been able to drum up a lot of conspiracies about um, side effects and long-term side effects of various vaccinations and th- what did both of you have to you know to say in regards to to that where um, you know whenever there is an unknown there is a, a void that can be filled by conspiracies and um, you know individuals who have that, Hesitance and the numbers that you know I saw indicated that 57% feel um, really good about the vaccine and 43% have some doubts. But you know, those 43 if they hear information and that may be not accurate, they're gonna may they might g- grab a hold of it uh, to fill that void, Peter.
1: Well, I think. Yes, they will. I also think anti-vaxxers, and I, I, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, and I, I've actually been on the receiving end of anti-vaccination um, protests. They actually came to the wrong place um, and, and protested. Uh, their intel was a bit off. But I, I do I do think of those people as sort of a fringe element, to be honest with you, and I would not put people who have some concerns about the vaccination in that camp at all. Because No, I
0: I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm yeah. just saying that. If you are in that camp and you hear that information from a friend or from an individual online who is an anti-vaxxer, there is a void that can be filled with that
1: misinformation. Yeah, and one of the most famous anti-vaxxers ever um, is an Englishman, actually, which is um, unusual, no, uh, but is an Englishman who used some data that was just absolutely wrong for, um, uh, for a vaccination. And so uh, as long as we continue to use the facts and do the right kind of research and message out the, the reality, I mean, facts matter. Um, and over the past four years, that has been really a mantra for everybody it really is about the facts. And we have to admit and accept that some people um, are suspicious and some people are never going to agree with this. We just have to have a louder voice that is explaining the reality of it and the truth. Your thoughts,
0: Barbara? Yeah,
2: yeah I, well, I was going to say there's a risk-benefit to all of this, and the benefit outweighs the risk. And We're living in unusual times and unusual, you know, the the unusual you know, pandemic, um, and we have to look at the benefit and the overall good um, that, having, that getting the vaccine will do, um, not just for yourself, but for the public at large.
0: Final piece is on where the vaccination will be available for um, individuals at BAMSI and then the public as a whole. From what I understand, it's largely going to be at... Um, you know, uh, retail-type establishments, pharmacies, um, even Walmart and places of that nature at hospitals initially. Is there any knowledge and understanding about, um, you know, where um, people at uh, at BAMSI will be vaccinated and will it be at a hospital setting, will it actually take place at um, a BAMSI location? Uh, what is the, the knowledge that we have in regards to where uh, the vaccine will take place first for... Um, for workers and for persons served, and then for the, the general public?
2: As far as, um, we actually have a meeting later today to discuss um, the vaccine um, and, and the plan for our sector. Um, but as far as I understand it, so for Bamsi, I've already registered BAMZ with the uh, Centers for Disease Control, and I believe we'll be partnering with a pharmacist, a pharmacy actually, um, to probably and this is what I'm thinking will happen we're probably going to provide uh, some clinics um, on Bamsi property Bamsi you know sites and have people um, from there we'll have a pharmacist you know come and give administer the vaccine. Which pharmacy that'll be? I'm not really sure I've had a priority reach out to me. Um, it will really depend on when they get the vaccine. so I know some of the smaller pharmacies have said that, they're a part of the federal program to get the vaccine but they may not get it until later um, and seeing that we're in the first ways I'm guessing we'll be working with some of the larger pharmacies such as CVS I should say or Walgreens um, to come on site and administer and that'll be a, a little bit of an undertaking but we've done the flu clinics before on site and so we're pretty uh, experienced at doing these clinics and um, looking actually I, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to getting them uh, up and rolling so I'm
1: hoping by January that we'll be starting that process yeah that's great and uh, I can say that I was a beneficiary of the flu shot when CVS came out and, and did a, um, a session at our building and it's just a, the most convenient way that we can do it but yep like you say we'll we'll go with the first available group and it probably b- will be one of the biggest bigger pharmacies I should think
0: Well, Barbara, appreciate your time and uh, information in regards to the vaccine. It's an historic and uh, significant time period. You know, there's that aspect of it, but it's also a needed time period as well where so many individuals. have seen their lives interrupted and altered by COVID-19. Some have seen family members uh, pass as a result of COVID. Um, The situation, in conclusion, from a health side is getting worse uh, as this vaccination uh, hits uh, Massachusetts, but uh, certainly... The numbers are going up. The governor is rolling things back uh, in regards to um, more restrictions and more protocols being put in place. So you know, these two things are happening at once, Barbara, where we're seeing an increase in cases. We're going to see the um, most uh, deaths we have seen uh, take place now, but that's expected to continue uh, into mid-January. Uh, absolutely. I
2: mean, human suffering has been incredible i mean just living day by day i feel like we live in a little bit of fear you know um you see people actually who who get COVID, whether or not they get sick and it's it's just amazing because it's such uh, a diverse um symptom onset from like looking and feeling fine i've actually talked to people i've had to call people you know and, and tell them when They've had positive results. and like, I, I feel fine. There's nothing wrong with me. Mm. But they don't realize that they're passing it along to other people who may not <laughs> feel fine. So it, it's just it, the human suffering has been incredible, and the economy has suffered from this. I have a sister who re- owns a small cafe, and, you know, restaurants, as you said, um, with the rollback are having to follow new restrictions. And I think that the, the vaccine is, is just a great opportunity for all of us and it's still a long ways away to go back to, to living a, a more normal life if we ever can get to that.
0: I do have one more question that I just thought of and um, I've been researching this throughout the day and I haven't found the answer so we'll see if, if you have the, the answer for it. Um, once we are vaccinated will we still be able to spread COVID asymptomatically? In other words, does this just make us immune from feeling sick as a result of it? Are we still going to carry it? Um, Do you have any knowledge regards to that?
2: Well, the little bit that I've seen about it is that we need to have the kind of the heart immunity going. Um, And so just because you get vaccinated does not mean that you don't do social distancing um, or, or, or continue on with those other strategies until more people um get vaccinated yeah. so that's what i understand
0: yeah yeah, that was my th- that was what I had gathered as well, and that we could still potentially pass it from one individual to the other, and until there is a widespread vaccination that um asymptomatic spread could still take place, individuals would still get sick um so that's why it's important for everyone to um get the or as many people as possible to get the immunization, correct, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I think I've read that it's around 70%. Correct, 70%. So uh, so that's a long way to go and uh, a lot more masks to be worn uh, over the next few months. But, you know, I think we're beginning to see some light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, the vaccination will certainly bring that, uh, bring that closer. So, Barbara, thank you so much for giving up a little bit of your time on a busy Monday morning. I, I know that you've got an awful lot to do. So thank you so much for coming on, and there'll be many more conversations like this between now uh, and the
0: new year. Thank
1: you. Yes, no worries.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you for your time.
0: Take care. You've been listening to Bamsy's Humanity First podcast. I am Chris Ryan for Peter Evers. Mm-hmm. Have a great mm-hmm. rest of the day, everybody.